Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to this week's More Over podcast. Um, slightly thinner this week because Russ isn't here, but still with an equally West Country accent. Um, I have got... I'm Dougie. You probably know that. I'm, I'm a little bit rusty at the presenting stuff i've got the housewife's favorite has rocked up for a for a guest appearance how are you doing yeah good um i thought you were about to uh, nip into the fast show there with i'm a little bit ooh i'm a little bit ah <laughs> i can do that if you want no no it's all Arse. good uh, <laughs> topical and yeah and we've got um the the, the gentleman of the all over podcast ben used <laughs> this at the bottom of the screen he's he's just the uh well, he's where you come from if you want. If he's where you go if you want a balanced and honest opinion that isn't uh, entertaining. Entertaining, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, I mean, I've only seen two games of rugby this weekend. I saw Glasgow v Exeter, which was interesting. We can talk about that. I don't know if either of you saw that. Nope. No. Ben. Um, well, no, not really. The only rugby I've seen this weekend was a very close-up view of um nuki versus veal so why don't we start with that the biggest game of the weekend i know people people quite like when we talk about local rugby and i I for one i'm always interested in in nuki v or matches purely because i mean let's get straight to the chase was there any scrapping mate i'm gonna have to disappoint you they um veal was spot on this this time um turned up we had a few call-ups to the first team so we were we were short a player or two and they they even lent us a couple of players and, and the guys they lent us put in 110% to launch a cliche at you this early. Because um, usually one, what happens if you turn up with 14 or whatever or a bare 15, you get the shitters, don't you? Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, the, the guy who plays flanker who's five foot eight and nine stone wet through. Exactly. Well, what they did this time, which ensured a bit of competitiveness, was um, gave us two blokes whose sons were playing for veal 
<laughs> so, so they got proper stuck in. Um, and uh, it was a really good game and it was played in a really good spirit. So it's probably a real disappointment to everyone. But um, yeah, well, everyone got a game. Um, everyone enjoyed it and uh, beers were had afterwards. So um, that's that's what rugby's about, really. Um, no, no mention of the result, though, right? Uh, we lost, uh, I think it was... Um, 2014 six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was it was 22-15. Oh, you got you got to love that when you're 58 nil down and you go for the penalty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think the last time I played in a game where um we got lent players the second team came. Guy came over turned around to him and was like, "Oh, so what position do you play?" And he said, "I don't really know." <laughs> that's that's <laughs> never a good start, is it? <laughs> we it. To be fair, it's usually us doing the lending. It's it's quite unusual for us to be sure, um, and and it's never easy to to go and play for the opposition. So you know, great credit to anyone that that will do it. Um, but but you say about people not know, not knowing where what position they play. I always remember we had a lad playing for us um, many years ago who had never played rugby before, but he turned up and he was so fast that um, we let him to the opposition and he scored two tries. <laughs> uh, so the following week, we 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 kept him and he scored two tries. And then um, the third week, we we played a sort of even game. Uh, you know, the the two that we played in before were quite one sided, and um, he actually had to do some defending, which um, which took the form of a sort of Cantona esque scissor kick <laughs> <laughs> as a guy went past him, and uh, and someone asked him. I, th- I thought you'd read up on the rules and he, sa- he said, oh, no, I, I haven't got to the page in the book about tackling yet. <laughs> uh, that's, that's so, rings so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, when, yeah. it's when you have to come to one of your teammates' defence with, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> sorry, intentional. God, sorry, he's just sorry. clueless. We, I, I remember playing in a charity game once and um, a guy that I, used to be an RAF boxing champion a bit of a footballer, but had never played rugby before, got roped into play. He's quite a big lad, six foot two. And he played, we said, Jace, play in the centres, mate. Because, you know, he goes, I don't know what I'm doing, Dougie. Like, don't worry. If you get the ball, just run fast and straight. And if anyone runs at you, put put them on the floor. The first phase of the game, I spin a pass to 10, 10 to 12. Jason just runs straight through their defence and dots down under the posts, (laughs) trots back and goes... I reckon I might like this game. Yeah. You know? Um and he he ended up scoring two tries and and he ended up hurting quite a few people as well. You know, one of those guys is just too good at it. Yeah, good at everything. Yeah. Um I, I'm disappointed there was no ag. Yeah. We need to be all think they are. And I I've been thinking about it as well. Like Nuki, you guys must have targets on your back because you're the you're the big you're like the Cornish biggest town in Cornwall, right? Well, rug- rugby-wise, there's you've got Redruth and Camborne and um, oh, I guess so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Penzance, yeah, and I, I suppose Truro would be better than us at the moment, wouldn't they? Well, nearly everyone's better than us. Well, at in, the ter- moment. in terms but, of player base, yeah. you've got you've got quite a bit. But yeah, it's it's one of certainly. I suppose the junior section shows it as much as anything else. Our I'm currently coaching the under sevens. The only rugby I've watched is Newquay Hornets under sevens against Lankelly Foy under sevens. Um, 
But our under-7s, we've got 25 kids registered. Most other clubs have got three or four. Um, it's rare that we come up against another team with double figures. And like so just that, that, Because obviously the Cornish rugby, you've got Pirates, obviously. But then you've got Camborne, Red Ruth, Penzance are quite a good, uh, quite a decent level, aren't they? Well, Pe- Penzance are Cornish Pirates. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, but, but, but you've, you've got, got you've got three or four clubs that are in the top two or three divisions, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you've got Red Ruth, Camborne, Launceston, and then St Austell, I guess, are on, on getting up that way, and, and Waybridge as well. Um, Nuki, I think Nuki probably lose more than a lot of clubs to people moving away and going to university. Mm. And seasonal, certainly when I was playing first team, it would be that um, away games until end of October, you're on a fairly scratch squad um, because there's a lot of seasonal workers, bar work, etc. Who they've got to be at work at five o'clock or four o'clock, so they can't go away. Um, I remember one game early on in the season, we went up to, I think it was Tiverton, um, and it was myself, friend of the pod, Mr Ferris, I think Ross Robbins were the only three players over the age of 18 in the in the team. Um, we made sure the bus journey back was fun, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, um, it's turning up with a Colts team with a couple of old farts in the in yeah. The I think we all ended up playing front row because we were the only ones that were old enough to. <laughs> <laughs> so, do, do you do you have players that go from your first into like the Camborne team or the Redrish team? Um, you you get the you get the odd one when um, when Pirates sort of first became a, a bit more of a force. You know, when they first started to move up the leagues, there was quite a few ex Nuki players there at the time, and we've got a couple down at Red Roof at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um it's one of those things. I think a lot of, of clubs, probably in every county, they, they have a bit of a cycle going on. You know, they go up a few leagues, mm. and then they they're up against teams that are a, a play are paying players, and then they drop back down through the leagues. And Nuki were in that sort of cycle for quite a few years. They go up to two or three leagues, drop down two or three leagues, and go back up again. And at the moment, we've sort of plateaued at this sort of top of formal one level so we're we're not traveling too far um and we've got a strong side but it's a young side and it's quite a, a, a small side uh you know you get quite a lot of meaty packs down here mm. especially in the lower leagues whereas nuki is a sort of more sort of um always been lightweight in the past yeah scott a sort of scotland-esque team almost you know um, i suppose the the thing from your point doug <sighs> What, what tends to happen, and it's it's probably as evident now as it ever has been, is the good kids tend to go to uh, a Plymouth or an Exeter at, at a kind of Colts or moving on from Colts kind of stage. I mean, there's there's three Newquay players played. Um, it was Exeter Chiefs against Bath under-18s, and there were three Newquay players in the Exeter team and one in the Bath team. Right. Which for... for a club side playing in Cornwall one to have four representing in in the starting teams for those squads is pretty good, I reckon. And so the the other clubs are, are they sort of backed by money men? Are they? Are they? Is that why you've got those teams at that level? Um, not not to an incredible amount. I mean, Red Ruth have, have been the 
the top club in the county probably for 70 80 years at least um it's just a it's a it's a quite po populated area redruth and camborne are only a few miles apart and they you know they they've always been two of the biggest clubs and i think it's just it, it's like some of these towns in south wales where rugby's just the thing in the town yeah yeah um Newquay does have a lot of distractions whereas yeah. perhaps redruth and camborne don't so much wade bridge it's a very uh strong farming area so you've got a lot of um big boys around there um they they don't tend to travel as well right. uh, which sort of restricts them so you know it's it's the same in every county you've got some teams that are perpetually strong and some that yo-yo a bit uh, and are the, pirates, the pirates quite active with the all the junior clubs in the area or are they you know not that so you not, would think they would be at every game have a representation trying to find players think, that they can I, basically sell on. I think there's a really strong county setup in the juniors, so they almost use the county selectors as their pre-selectors, right. um, and and they'd be hitting all the county junior games on the way up. And my understanding of the way it works is when they get to under 14s under 15 something like that is each club puts forwards who they think are their best players for county selection um and getting into that county squad i think is your route to getting spotted because they're, they're always perpetually in that game before the barbarians game aren't they the county yeah and mm. all that yeah i love it i love a bit of a uh, local rugby chat mile uh mile club bishop sortford lost at the weekend um national one um, obviously, I was never anywhere near that, but they're uh, they're competing with teams that you know, like Richmond, that have got a huge budget, and they're basically a a team that's benefited from having a couple of decent schools locally that have you know kept a few players and gone up the leagues. Um, they had Dan Leo playing for them for a while, but there you go. Um, should we move on from local rugby? As much as like I I could honestly talk about it for a whole pod, and I, I don't know, maybe we should one day. We should actually do that. Um, we'll talk about the extra game that I was at. I mean, don't need to say too much. Did it... <laughs> Stuart Hogg had a 80th minute penalty to win the match from 60 metres and it hit the crossbar. Uh, which was... for, for any money, for the entirety of the time that ball was in the air, you say it's going over. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the arc of the trajectory, it got about... 10 yards away and it just almost dropped down like, the, a, the, like, the weather like up a there stone was, off a cliff. The weather up there was insane. It, I mean, five minutes after the game finished, it was torrential rain, torrential. Um, and it was windy all day. So obviously some funny stuff going on. I, I, what I most want to pick out from that, though, was the performance of the French referee, which was single-handedly the worst ever display of refereeing I've ever seen. And we don't, we make a point of not bashing refs on here, but that performance was so bad. I can't, I can't let it slide. Go, go Adam, Doug. Uh, you know, when you're missing knock-ons right in front of you, you're seeing video replays that aren't being looked at he's looking at a video replay and deciding that what's actually on the screen isn't what's happened it was yeah. it was bizarre and and there was a couple of really weird things in the in the racing game 
the Teddy Thomas try that he dotted down in the corner. They didn't show two angles from the end at which he scored the try, both of which, with my knowledge of how those cameras work, would have shown whether the light ball was over the line. But the director or the TMO never showed either angle. So it's a little bit like, what is going on there? Sounds like. Um, yeah, it, sat, it, it seemed like it was a bit of, yeah, we're not going to show that angle because the trial will be disallowed. But, but the referees need to have a little bit more knowledge about what cameras show what. You would think by now Stuart Barnes would be able to go, no, I want to see that corner camera over there because that's where the angle will show whether it's over the line or not. doesn't seem like they're being educated enough on how to use the cameras that they've got at their disposal. Was that the try? This is like the entirety of my Twitter knowledge of, of rugby. Was that the try that had the absolutely ridiculous out of the back of the hand 30-yard pass from no, the, that was, that uh, was scrum off? I mean, that... that that pass, I mean, I, I thought that I thought it was a knock-on before it, and I still think it was a knock-on in the lead-up to it. And I know the ball bounced backwards, but I reckon it was a knock-on. Um, yeah. Well, I, do you but, reckon the scrum half thought it was a knock-on as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I reckon the scrum half thought it was a knock-on, and he's just gone, bang, I'm going to chuck it. Yeah. The, um, the, the try Doug was talking about... Um, would, would that be anything to do with a French sort of TV director providing the replays? Would, I mean, I wouldn't like to say yes, but yes. <laughs> I mean, I would say for it that, um, that on commentary, he pretty much straight away sort of said, oh, I think that's a try. I think he's got it. So, mm. um, you know, fair play to him. It was, a, it was a brilliant effort either way. So, um, you know, perhaps... Yeah, let's not um, throw in many accusations at the French, but let's keep doing it. <laughs> so, with with the Exeter game then, Doug, mm-hmm. do you reckon the refereeing played a significant role in the end result? Do you reckon he was he was favouring one side over the other? I don't think there was a favouritism thing. I just think it was a, just a very bizarre performance. I, there was a yellow card for a Glasgow player for entering a ruck and hitting someone with a shoulder that should have been a red. But in five seconds prior to that, um, Alec Hepburn went in and swung his fist and connected with Adam Hastings and split his nose open. Um, And that wasn't even looked at. And the whole Glasgow crowd was like, you know, going a bit crazy about it because you could see it on every replay, but the referee just completely ignored it. There was numerous missed knock-ons, several offsides, forward passes. Just, just a really bizarre display. Really bizarre. Because I suppose the thing, the thing you always say is, uh, as a club player, is actually you don't mind how shit the ref is as long as he's equally shit on both sides. Um, I suppose the point is these guys are being paid reasonable money. They ought to do a decent job for it. Yeah, yeah, and and just I saw, I saw something on Twitter today about you know the the way the game is refereed now, where you get referees saying hands off, roll away, you know, and and the the point being that by the time they've said that, 
the offence has already happened because they wouldn't have to say it if that mm. somebody wasn't infringing. Yeah. So why say it in the first place? Just blow the whistle. And he would do stuff. The ref was doing stuff like use it, and then there'd be, you know, Nick White taking ten seconds to roll the ball back, and then saying two seconds, you know. So my understanding of the rules is when they say use it, you've got five seconds. Mm. Yeah. As soon as they say use it, that fight. But I've never seen anybody penalised no. ever for not using it. No. Um, I, I don't mind it when they go, um, sometimes they go hands away now, if there's been like a fair competition for the ball initially, mm. and then the ruck's formed. I don't, yeah. I don't mind that. But well, you're right. So- if they're going, you're lying on the floor, get out of the way, they've already committed the offence. Because sometimes it's where someone's, been on their feet, got a hold of the ball, and then they've overbalanced and got off their feet, and then he says, "Well, let go of it." So you know that's that's almost fair enough. But um, yeah, the 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 five second rule just isn't applied at all, as at all. No, it's like offside. Some rules are applied, some aren't, and it, it's um, massively annoying. Massively annoying. Uh, okay, I think we've done enough summing up rugby haven't we should we chat about a few other things we we made a bullet pointed list today for things we wanted to chat about um, should we do the england squad is there is i'm we're not going to go through the whole squad right i think we no i don't think there'll be too many changes from the world cup squad really but i think we should probably talk about who you might feel could have could be added to that squad that wasn't there so for me, the big question is still over scrum half. Um, and Curry, right? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But that that rumour's come out, and um, Eddie likes to throw around these switch positions. He did it with Noel at flanker. Um, that rumour came out purely just to wind up the press. I'm convinced of it. Um, but uh, Youngs was awful in the final clearly isn't the answer for four years' time. The question mark is whether Eddie leaves him in as a steadying influence. Um, Hines, if he's fit, is in there. But the big question is, who else fills that hole? And there's there's a raft of people who could be putting their hands up. It's it's which one does, does he prefer over the rest? Um, and I'm going to go to you on that, Doug, as, as the scrum half and see who you would pick. Well, let, let's... let's... Play the game. Ben had his hand up. Would you want to say? Yeah. No, all, all I all I did think uh, the curry thing could that just be a uh, a ploy for for yellow cards? If, if 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 England have had a yellow card, then it so might you take off you take off nine and how do you defend the scrum though? Yeah, I I don't know. It's just. Because sometimes you've got to, if you've had a prop yellow carded, you have to then make a replacement. So do you then put on, take your scrum half off because you're not probably expecting to be going forward too much during that time? I don't know whether it's just you know he's only planning on using it either either under that circumstances or towards just the last five minutes of a game. It, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me unless the only other thing is it could be like an all out bid for turnovers, but. So you play, play play Curry and Underhill on the flank, Curry at nine, Wilson at ten. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, even if it Simmons was a genuine, at twelve, the only thing I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, 
the only thing I think is if it is if he is genuinely looking at it, he's certainly not going to be intending to do it from the start. I mean that mm. he, he he likes to tinker, but he's not completely nuts. Um, so I wonder if there's a bit more logic to it along those lines. But I think Phil's right. Nine is England's weakest area by a, probably a country mile. Do you think it's a throwback to the uh, Burger Masco? Yeah, well, he saw how well yeah. that worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two two players that I think should get a, probably get a look are Henry Taylor. It's Henry Taylor, isn't it? Yeah, the Saints Northampton Saints one. guy. Yeah. yeah, and Harry Randall. I'd give Harry Randall a look. Yeah, I like Randall, especially as a, a replacement. Maybe not from the start, but if you need a spark or something like that, he could be a good twenty-one. As opposed to a, a nine. Yeah, I mean, they're, Robson, but they're the only—they're the only players. I think he doesn't fancy Robson. No. Uh, Simpson has sort of disappeared a bit now that Hines is back. Um, Spencer was the flavour of the month and is now seems mm. to be out of favour. Yeah. To to me, I would have Hines and Spencer, and then have. I a, guess you could have, have Hines. A, have, a, have a have a third choice in there for. Um, for the Italy game or on the bench or just give somebody a bit of exposure, a bit of experience. But I keep forgetting about Heinz because he's clearly not English. <laughs> True. There you go. Um, I think the other position we've got to look at is in the front row. Got a couple of problem positions there. I don't know whether or not you continue with Cole and Marla or you look to go elsewhere with them too. I so, you know my opinion on that. So I think you've been Cole and Marler. Need to be aware of the fact that as good a player as Mako is, his body's a wreck. You've got some good options there in Sinclair and Genge. It's it's about building enough depth. I think prop is really that position where you need probably four options, loose head and tight head, because you know there's a chance that at least one of them is going to get injured and two of them are not going to last a whole tournament. You're going to want yeah. to rotate some of them around. It's, so. it's, it's time for like... Um... Isn't... Um, sorry. What was that? Dog's, dog's got a bone. I'm going to go and kick it out. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Phil, Phil's menagerie is getting out of control. Unbelievable. Um, probably time for Genj. I mean, just to, just to go units, you go Genj, Sinclair, Abano, yeah, I think Ab- I think Abano will get a look. I think uh, is it Stuart at Bath? I think he'll get a look. Um, you, you've got um, Harry Williams. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he's ever let England down. I thought um, Hepburn Hepburn looked a bit undergunned when he when he came came on as a, in on the international pitch, but but Williams has been good. I think Ben um, Moon made more of an impression when he yeah, came on. He, he did, I was very yeah. excited that he didn't go to Japan, really. I thought he was mm. really good. And I suppose the thing about Moon is, um, as much as he's not not the youngest, he probably hasn't played as much high-intensity rugby as some of the other props as they're getting older. He hasn't got the injury history behind him that he can probably last a bit longer than, say, a Mako would. Mm. I think Mako's such a good player that you know, he's he's always going to be your first choice. But, um, you know, Hooker, it, it's probably a coin toss at the moment between Karen Dickey and George because Karen Dickey's playing so well. Um, and then, you know, who else is putting their hand up? Well, you, 
you've mentioned Simmons. Um, and I think Nick Tompkins. Do you think Joe Simmons is going to get a shout? Not yet, I don't think. I think he'll. I think he likes Ford Farrell too much, and I think if they're both fit, he's he's kind of nailed his colours to the mast mm. on that. Um, I think he should. I think because he provides something a bit different and is is probably the next in line. Is that reliable goal kicking? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, while we're on the subject of England, obviously they've they've announced their coaches for the new the new run. Uh, some some weird ones. Steve Borthwick has been made skills coach. And if by skills that means smashing people in the face, line outs, and smashing people in the face at rucks, then we're going to be all right, aren't we? Sounds good to me. Back to basics. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, he's we've not. Got He's not renowned for his high-skilled play, is he? Other no, than line-outs. No, no. Um, I'm not sure that Steve Borfuck, as your skills coach, is going to have the Kiwis trembling in their boots. But then does does skills coach mean the same thing to everybody? Mm. I mean, ultimately, you've got Eddie Jones and you've got a coaching team around them and the coaching team enact whatever he decides just because he's yeah. titled skills coach doesn't mean he's he's the one making sure they can pass the ball. Yeah, you, I mean, you've, you've brought in... Is Simon it, Amor is the yeah. attack coach. And, and John, what's his face? Just that he's his defence coach. And then you've brought the most South African-looking man in the world in to be your... Um, is it the forwards coach? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... Like no. Have you, <laughs> have you seen this guy? <laughs> he, he is... He's he was about, the ball, Yeah. He's about six foot two and about 20 stone with a massive beard. Yeah. That's, that's what you want to have a forwards coach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all in favour of this. You want him to not be a nice man. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really unfriendly man. Um, yeah, I, it, I, it could well be that they're going to just go, because that the World Cup showed the way to win tournament rugby is beat the hell out of people up front. Mm. And um, and that looks like maybe that's what what he's looking to do. Here's here's a niche um, comment for you, Ben. Do you know Carl Feist Thompson? No, I don't think I do. Oh, okay. Um, he's a he's a Newquay guy. His his kid plays for the under 14s He looks just like Matt Proudfoot. Wow! Like could, dead could, ringer for him. Does does he fancy a game for the second team? I think he would if his body wasn't broken. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, your dog's yeah. having a right old laugh, isn't it, Phil? Uh, that wasn't that wasn't the dog. <laughs> oh, really? That wasn't God. <laughs> um, yeah, seventh coach for the backs and a, a horrible, gnarly man for the forwards. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I, it's probably going to take a little bit of time. To, bed in and I think I, I can't see him making full wholesale changes on the team that won uh, or didn't win the World Cup no um, but I think a few key positions well uh, I don't think Slade's going to make the tournament is he so uh, there's no. one change Cruz isn't getting much of a game at the moment so surely, surely the natural answer to 
to Slade is um, Joseph at the moment. Yeah, I think Joseph's playing so well at the moment that that's your answer there. And then you decide whether you want to go forward and Farrell or if you want to stick with Tuolagi at 12. Um, fullback, I don't think he'll change that. I'm not 100% convinced by Daly and he's not he's not playing fullback very often for, for Saracens, but he seems to have gone with that. Um, May's May still May, and he scores tries at a rate for England, so you're not going to change that. Um, and the back row, you've got a lot of talent there. Simmons, Ben Earl might might come in. What was that? I think that was a picture of his lookalike. Oh right, okay. <laughs> it was a, it was a it was a large man anyway. It was. It, maybe Phil's got a lot of pictures of large men on his phone. We can say that because he's muted himself. Yeah, he has. Brilliant. Um, I think the point, yeah, well done. <laughs> but I think the point is that we're not going to see whole scale changes. What we're going to see is a few people brought in. Um, my suspicions are they'll be the usual suspects. Um, they'll be the, the people that have been in. Oh, we've done it again. Yeah. Come on. Um, right, let's move on. Interesting anyway. Yeah, let's let's move on from England. Um, what is going on at your house, Phil? Well, that's that's why I muted it. It's yeah, sorry. So happens when you got a family. Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh. Yeah. So we'll move on from that. Um. A couple of. Uh, we need a jingle for this. Old Welsh rugby player news. Jamie Roberts is going to South Africa and James Hook has retired. James Hook. Now I've, I've read a lot of people on Twitter saying that James Hook, one of the most naturally talented, yada, yada, yada. Every time I saw him, he was shit. Um, I thought he retired about 10 years ago, to be fair. <laughs> Maybe he had to retire his nose first. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, obviously played a lot of times for Wales and, and, and the Lions, but I don't really care about that. Jamie Roberts going to South Africa pretty much sums up South African rugby, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who was one dimensional at their best. Yeah. All their good players. Half a dimension. Yeah. All their good players have left. And so they're getting washed up Welshmen to come and play in their, in their super rugby teams. I I think I said this a couple of weeks ago, but Jamie Roberts about, eight to ten years ago in full flight was one of the best things to watch in rugby just just running a straight line you know off probably line out ball and just skittling south africans but you know that was what was that lion tour nearly 12 years ago and they've they've probably still got memories of that you know um roberts and o'driscoll rather than roberts and joseph of the last season and a half yeah just a just a fairly old man yeah quite slowly and (laughs) making 30 centimeters and hurling a pass to the touch judge yeah um obviously a bit like that that second team game where where i decided i was a center (laughs) (laughs) lasted eight minutes before my knee knee fell apart and to be fair no one else had decided that either no i (laughs) know I'm I, with I it. just um, I just want to give you a quote from uh, Tubbs, who's sadly not here. He's um, at a competitive eating competition in um, Bristol. 
eating pies. Uh, the reason Jamie Roberts has gone to South Africa is because all their CUNTing players are at sale. So that's uh, Russ's one contribution to this week's pod. He's been very foul-mouthed on uh, on our WhatsApp group today, hasn't he? I just I I, I genuinely worry for him. Uh, he had quite a harebrained scheme the other day, didn't he, for something he wanted to do? Oh yeah, that uh, that we gave him no <laughs> gave him no encouragement for, and I think it may have sort of uh, knocked his confidence a little bit. Well, I think he's noticed the the string of reality TV based on singing and thought, I can get a bit of that. Yeah, um, I, I can get a bit of that cow cash. Yeah. <laughs> is he going into Love Island? Is that what it is? Fuck. That would be amazing. <laughs> Could you imagine Russ and his budgie smugglers on Love Island? <laughs> oh, God. How many... Uh, say, I want that to happen. A, Can we... Say there's anyone, a dozen people in there. How many do you reckon he would have pissed off by the first evening? Fourteen? <laughs> <laughs> Including all the producers and crew. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the whole series has been cancelled. We're going to have to start again. Sit down here, love, and I'll tell you how much I've got my handicap down this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is a bandit. <laughs> um, yeah um hang on one sec one sec uh, talk amongst yourselves <laughs> this is this is classic podcast material this is doug's ordering himself a takeaway no no i'm not <laughs> I'm, I'm uh i'm re-waterproofing my gore-tex and it's, uh, the cycle's just finished and, um, but i think that's my better half to put it in the tumble dryer there's there's the, the podcast part- title that's yeah. the most partridge thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and one of the most middle class things I've ever done. So, two birds, one stone. Um, can we get back to taking a piss out of Russ? Sure. Of course, yeah. Well, why is his head upside down? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so, we've got a little, uh, little football thing going, and, and Russ considered taking part in it and there's a, there's a Facebook messenger group and um, everybody had nicknames. So Ben's nickname's not Tim, Tim being his brother. Um, <laughs> Russ had a nickname and I can't remember what it was and he went, oh, how did I get that nickname? And I went, I don't know, I'm going to change it. And I just called him Fat Dan Cole. So <laughs> spread the love. <laughs> Fat Dan Cole is my favourite thing about Russ. Without a doubt. <laughs> He is a fat Dan Cole. Um, are we? Are we happy? Are we going to keep it brief tonight? Obviously, because none of us have watched any rugby, we don't want to uh, waste too much of your time. So I think should we just skip on to AOB? Uh, I've got one more rugbyish thing to have a quick chat about. Go on then. Um, how, uh, deep, how deep do we think? Right, obviously the fire sale that's going on at Saracens is a, is, a, is a frank admission that they're already over the salary cap for this year. That's that's a given. How deep do we think the cuts are going to go? Like, well, to a point where it, their squad is under the salary cap. But so probably thinking, 10 players? I was going to say, are we thinking 10, 10 high-paid players? They're no, looking, to, no, looking no. to ship Williams as soon as possible, as soon as they can get him out of a contract. Cruz, potentially, there's talk about him going sooner rather than later. Like, yeah. are we talking? I, I think the way I, the way I sort of see it is you've got Williams sort of parachuted in 
is obviously on a lot of money. But he, um, he wouldn't count against a cap anyway. He'd be a marquee player. You would think. But then if you take him out, somebody in the cap can be a marquee player. Yeah. I, if that's how... I mean, Cruz is, you know, getting on a little bit. He's not old by any means, but there's, they've got a lot of second rows coming through. They've got this sort of conveyor belt. Then you've got the likes of Rhodes, Barrett, Good, who are all looking for a payday, I would imagine. So if if you if if Saracens had to, and they said that, thanks very much for all you've done. Off you go to Montpellier or Toulon or somewhere like, like every that. Every other club does. Yeah. Then you know that was probably sort of natural wastage at some stage anyway. So I I, I don't think you're ever going to see them lose the Bunipolas, Farrell. Um, no. No, players no, like Atajay, players like that. I think it will be the middle ground. Well, Doug probably just summed it up like every other club does. You know, yeah. all right, we can't really compete with what ex French club is offering. Oh, then you know, yeah. if you don't want to play for England anymore, that's the that's the hold we have over you. Thanks for your help. Good luck. Off you go. Wigglesworth, or, another one that will probably be natural wastage in the next year or two anyway. Or drop your salary by 100k. Yeah. The other thing you've got to think is that a lot of the players that they're, they've been able to integrate, so you Nick Tompkins, Poku, um, Ezekwe, those kind of players will start moving on because they won't be able to afford their second contract. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what other clubs do. You know, how many other clubs, how many clubs are made up of players that have come from other teams' academies? Yeah. But there aren't that many Saracens players that have, you know... Ended up elsewhere, yeah. historically, yeah. Mm. Which is in, you know... It's probably Indic- indicative, of, indicative of something, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get my bra out. <laughs> because, uh, I have to talk about them for too long. Um, yeah. Let's, let's do any other business and uh, knock it on the air because we've, we've chatted shit for 40 minutes. Wow. I believe that. Yeah. Um, I want to go and say that I dropped my headphone case. This, this very case here, I dropped it at Glasgow Airport in between the terminal building and the uh, taxi rank. Uh, and I'd lost it for 30 seconds. I went back to find it and it was gone. Phone lost property. It was it, it was um, closed, so I phoned it the following day to be told that they had it, which I was like, oh, brilliant. Someone's been really good and handed it in. My headphones weren't in it. It was just my glasses and a couple of cables that I use for work. Um, and three they, or four little, little plastic bags with some powder in them. Yeah, they were gone. Um, yeah. But... If you ever lose anything at Glasgow Airport, they charge you £8 repatriation fee to give it back to you. Even if you're there in person? Yeah. Yeah. If you lose something and it's handed in at Glasgow Airport, they will charge you £8 to give you your stuff that they acknowledge is yours to give it back to you. Is that legal? Well, I said said to them, look, this is terrible. I can't believe you're doing this. Like, you acknowledge it's mine. You have it. I'm here. Give it to me. No, there's an £8 fee because it's lost on airport property and airport bylaws state that if you lose something on their property, it becomes their property. 
it's the most dreadful thing, the most yes. dreadful piece of profiteering I've ever come across in any walk of life. Right, that's it. I'm never flying into Glasgow Airport again, or for a first time. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> or, or just don't lose anything at Glasgow Airport because they will charge you to get it back. Glasgow. Yeah. Glasgow Airport was where the security guard kicked the uh, attempted terrorist so hard in the balls that he broke his foot, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 So it swings and roundabouts there, I'd say. Literally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyone else? Um, I, I actually have had really quiet week i haven't had anything remarkable oh no actually i can tell you a funny story so i was up in london in this week um and i had meetings wednesday and friday so i stayed up at sister-in-law brother-in-law's house um and i figured i could just do some work from there on the thursday um and i said to them that i took their dog out for a walk but them both working full time they also have a dog walker come in so the dog walker came in 10 o'clock, whenever I took the dog out for a walk, I, I thought, well, that's fine, I'll go and take her for a walk in the afternoon. And thought, I'm getting a bit tubby, I need to do a bit more exercise. I'd taken my running gear up with me, I'll go for a run with the dog. So three o'clock, get my clothes on, go out to go for a run with the dog. Monumental monsoon coming down on top of me. So by the time I got to the end of their driveway, which is a car's length, I was probably as wet as if I'd been in a bath. So I thought, sod it, I'm wet. I may as well go anyway. So, come on, Betty. On we go. Off for a jog. Literally got 20 yards up the road and she went, fuck you, and sat down and <laughs> refused to move. <laughs> so I picked. I, I went, fine, I'll pick you up and I'll carry you to the park. She's only a little border terrier. Carried her down to the park, put her down, took the lead off, went, come on then, off for a run. And she turned around and started walking back towards the house. <laughs> That's what so, Russ would do. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to get beaten by a dog. So I put the dog on the lead and I literally dragged it around the park, <laughs> effectively jogging on the spot, getting laughed at by loads of people under umbrellas and suits. I got back to the house and the dog went, fuck you, I'm going to go and jump on your bed now, soaking wet and covered in mud. <laughs> So yeah, never never do a good favour for somebody else's dog. Right. Benjamin, take us home. Well, <clears throat> if I never ever hear about the royal family again, I'll be delighted. Where's that hallelujah button? Ah, oh, my goodness me. The bloke. He's lost for words. I, I just, everyone's getting so wound up about it. And it's like, ah, oh, who cares? I mean, Prince, Prince Harry's not going to open a fate. Just get one of the others. There's hundreds of them. People, like, people are foaming at the mouth. And it's just like. So I'm, I'm a bit of a royalist. I quite like the royal family. Me um, too. Not Prince Andrew. Not Prince Andrew, no. <laughs> No, he he is pretty much scum of the earth. But other than that, I quite like the royal family. Um, But I literally could not give two shits about this story. It's it's such a non-story. Like, somebody who wasn't really doing a job 
doesn't want to really do the job anymore. Wow. I mean, that, is the crux, that is the crux of the story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We were, um, this, this is going to sound very countryside, but um, we were at the Royal Cornwall show. And uh, the, we, me and um, my sister-in-law, Jamie Lee, were, were leading a cow. And um, <laughs> we, were, we were in the main ring and um, Prince Edward came, up, came over walk, walk, as he was walking past and stopped and spoke to Jamie. And uh, she had a nice chat with him didn't for two or three minutes. No, he didn't speak to me. <laughs> I, I, I spoke to the man behind him with the gun. Um, and uh, he walked off and she turned around and went, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> so if it's not the, the, the Queen or Prince Charles or Prince William, no one knows who they are anyway. Yeah. So, so just get some lookalikes in. Maybe yeah. they need a Panini sticker album. Do you know who they could get in? Reese Patchell. If he's injured, <laughs> just send him off to Village Fates, County Shows, Owl I'll Sanctuaries, what, and the, just he can just do the job. The one thing it has done is it has brought some good meme game out. But, <laughs> yeah. oh, Christ, it's, yeah, it's such a non-story. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and a good way to wrap it. Why have you sent me a picture of a, a wall so, standing up? So that's the new that's the new England um, England oh, right, okay. <laughs> Have you sent that to us? Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> he is a no, big um, boy. He is a big boy. Let's, um, yeah. We're not going to tweet that, so don't worry about it. Um, let's wrap it up there. We've done fifty minutes of utter nonsense. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed it. Russell will hopefully be back next week. I hope he hasn't got his minge out about us taking the mickey out of his idea. If you have, Russ, you know. Did we actually tell the listeners what his idea was? Because no, they no, can... I don't. I don't think we should. Oh, yeah. I think we should leave it out no. there. I think if you want Russ to do what he said, just drop us a line on Twitter. And also or drop, drop at Russ Milsom a line saying, "Do the idea." And also tweet the podcast rampant speculation at what you thought his idea was that was yes. so bad all three of us said no amazing and, and yeah so just to confirm what you want to tweet is do the idea to at fat dang cole yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that um, hashtag we'll fat dan cole fallacy yes <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week cheers go well Folly, that was the word I meant. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.